The Atlanta Braves get a big win on Wednesday as they close out their series in Pittsburgh with a sweep. Kyle Wright was excellent on the mound in this one, and the offense exploded with a couple of big innings, including a grand slam for Matt Olson that ended up in the Allegheny River. We'll talk about all that and also discuss the 2023 season a little bit with the schedule being released. We'll talk about who are the big names coming to Atlanta in 2023. All of that on today's episode of Lockdown Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball and check out my bio there to see where I'm covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com, where I've been the co-editor for several years. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves and send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button, and that notification bell helps support out the show a ton when you do that. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, and are free and available on all platforms. On today's episode, we're going to be recapping Wednesday's game, the great performance from Kyle Wright, a big day for Matt Olson. And we're also going to be discussing the 2023 season as well with the schedule being released and talk about some of the highlights for next year. But as always, let's start with our game recap from Wednesday. The Braves get a 14-2 win. They sweep the series over the Pirates, and they pull within two a game and a half of the New York Mets, who were idle on Wednesday. Now the Mets start a four-game series in Colorado or against Colorado on Thursday night while the Braves are idle and they have Jacob deGrom on the mound. So a good chance that the the Mets pick that game back up and stretch it back out the two, but Braves taking care of business where they needed to beating the teams that they should. And that's really going to be what they have to do down the stretch here. The Mets schedule, as I talked about yesterday, you know, gets very easy. They play nine teams above 500 the rest of the way while the Braves play 19. So, a very difficult schedule for the Braves, Braves the rest of the way compared to the Mets. So Braves are going to have to take advantage of every opportunity that they have to sweep series just like they did in Pittsburgh. So gl- good to see them get it done. Starting pitching just continues to be great. And again, obviously you're going up against the Pirates team, one of the worst offenses in all of baseball. You would expect that, but really since that, that's series in New York against the Mets where the Braves lost four of five. The starting pitching has been on point. They were great in that re- revenge series against the Mets and they were great against the Astros and they were great again in this series in, against the Pirates, whether it was Odorizzi, Freed, and then Kyle Wright on Wednesday, they all were great. And they did so in a day game. The offense broke out in a day game scoring 14 runs Pitching has always been pretty solid in day games, but Kyle Wright was magnificent. Seven innings, just two hits, one walk, no earned runs, eight strikeouts on 73 pitches. He was on his way to having a Maddox throwing a complete game 
in under 90 pitches if it wasn't for his offense putting up a ton of runs. Had some long innings, specifically that top of the seventh inning where the Braves scored seven innings, uh, or the top of the eighth inning, the Braves scored seven seven runs. Uh, I think that really hurt Kyle Wright's chances of going for a complete game, but he was certainly on his way to doing so. Just a magnificent performance. He really only had one somewhat stressful inning. That came in the third inning where the number nine hitter, which number nine hitters seem to give the Braves pitchers problems for whatever reason this year, but Tyler Heineman fouled off some tough pitches and worked a walk in an eight-pitch at bat. Kyle Wright's only walk of the day. And then the next batter, O'Neill Cruz, hit the hardest ball ever recorded in the StatCast era, which goes back to 2015, at 122.4 miles per hour. So perhaps that at bat, Tyler Heineman had something to do with it. Kyle Wright getting a little fatigued in that inning, but he left one right down the middle. And O'Neill Cruz, as we know, can hit fastballs, as we saw in this series. And he absolutely crushed that ball, the hardest hit ball ever in the StatCast era, like I said. However, because of that high wall, that 21-inch wall out in right field, it did not get out. It went off the top of the wall and bounced right to Acuna to hold him for a single. So the hardest hit ball ever recorded goes down as a single. That's the way things work out in baseball sometimes. But that was really the only stressful inning for Kyle Wright in the seven innings that he, he pitched. Overall, he got 15 swings and misses, eight of them coming on the on the curveball, six of them on the changeup. So those two off-speed pitches were really working for him, and it was really a tell of two halves with those two pitches, really working that curveball a lot early on. And then in the second half of the game, really kind of switched it up to that changeup and got six swings and misses on 10 swings against his changeup. So it became a very effective pitch for him. And, you know, that can become very big later on as you look to add pitches and keep hitters off balance, especially when you get in the postseason. So that's huge to give Kyle Wright the confidence to know he can go to that changeup if he needs to, to throw another wrinkle in there, you know, especially against left-handed hitters, being able to dive that away from them. Kyle Wright also had 11 called strikes in this game and an 81.1 mile per hour average X velocity against that is very low. A lot of weak contact only allowed four hard hit balls on 15 put in play against him. So again, just a dominating performance. And one thing very interesting in this start is the velocity was up. And you remember, you know, he got shut down for a little bit because of some arm fatigue and one of his starts is, his velocity was down a couple of miles per hour, and then he got skipped to start, looked really good his last time out. And then on Wednesday, it was up almost two miles per hour. It was up 1.3 miles per hour on the sinker and then 1.9 mile per hour on the curveball and changeup. So very interesting there. Maybe that rest really did in so good and kind of refreshed him, but he was throwing the ball really well on Wednesday. He picked up his 16th win of the year. And so he's now tied for the National League lead in wins. And it dropped his ERA under three, which is very significant as well, at 2.99. And you look at his last 10 starts now. He's given up two earned or less in eight of those 10 starts. And he's gone at least six innings and in nine of 10. And the only game over that stretch that he didn't go six innings, it was because of a two-hour rain delay against the Cardinals. So... You look at what Kyle Wright has done over his last 10 starts now. He has been really good, and 
you kind of look at his entire season now where, of course, he's been really good, but he started out so hot in the month of April, kind of dipped in the next couple of months, was more of a three-and-a-half to four ERA pitcher. And now we're looking at the last you know two months of work or month and a half or so, and he's been really good once again. So Kyle Wright proving, you know, I kind of – joked with on with Grant McCauley on the postcast you know Brian Snicker's got a tough choice to make with how he wants to build his postseason rotation with how all of these guys are pitching right now I mean Max Reed Charlie Morton Spencer Strider Kyle Wright all throwing the ball extremely well get, making you feel really good about the Braves chances in the postseason going up against other teams rotations but Kyle Wright's been outstanding and you think about you know we talked about offensively the other day how big Michael Harris has been and how much he has meant to this team. How big is Kyle Wright meant for the, his breakout in 2022? You know, the Braves were struggling to find that fifth starter early. Ian Anderson was having his struggles. Charlie Morton was up and down, especially early in the season. And Kyle Wright's been that guy really behind Max Freed that has come on and kind of broken out this season and been a really big staple of this rotation. So, we all kind of thought it could happen after the year he had in AAA last year and then coming on in the biggest stage in all of baseball in the World Series last year and putting up some good numbers. We all thought this was the potential for him to have a breakout season. It, he has certainly been that for him, and it's been huge for the Braves' rotation. The offense also had a big day on Wednesday, including a big day for Matt Olson. We'll talk about that next. You're hanging out with friends, putting back a few drinks. Few becomes a few too many. As the evening nears, it comes to an end. People start to head out for the night. And you think about calling a ride, but say, nah, it's not. You don't live too far away. I'll go ahead and risk it. It's not a big deal. What's the worst that could happen? You lose your license. Your insurance goes up. You lose your job. You total your car. Or you end up injuring yourself or someone else. Everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't stop people from doing it and getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers to save your lives and the lives of others. So if you're thinking you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. The offense had a big day on Wednesday. Talked about it, how the offense has struggled in day games, but that was not the case on Wednesday. They scored 14 runs on 14 hits with eight walks and 11 strikeouts, seven for 16 with runners in scoring position, nine left on base. And I find this stat, this stat here very interesting. In the last 41 innings, the Braves have scored a single run just once. So in the last 41 innings, they've scored one run in an inning just once. However, in nine of those 41 innings, the Braves have scored multiple runs. So when they're scoring runs, they're coming in bunches. Now, for a fan, that can be a bit frustrating because you're hoping to see your offense you know, throughout the game continually add on runs and put up runs. But when they're having five-run innings as they did twice in this series or seven-run inning as they did in the eighth inning on Wednesday. You certainly take that, and those are fun innings, but I just thought that was a very interesting stat for the Braves' offense. They have been scoring in bunches lately when they do score. Twelve hard-hit balls in the game on Wednesday. 
nine of them over 100 miles per hour, and eight of those nine were hit. So hitting the ball hard, as often is the case, usually tends to pan out and work out well. So the Braves are certainly doing that on Wednesday. And Matt Olson had a big day, a three-hit day for him. He got a pair of doubles and then hit a grand slam into the Allegheny River out there in Pittsburgh, the first Braves player to put one out there. And you look at the season for Matt Olson now, 39 doubles and 27 home runs. He's got a chance for 40 doubles and 30 home runs. I haven't had a chance to look this up, but I can't imagine that's done too often. So on pace for a really good season for extra base hits for Matt Olson. 87 runs batted in now, so he's approaching 160 walks as well, leads the team in that. And look, I get it. He's going to continually be compared to Freddie Freeman and what Freddie Freeman's doing in L.A. Look, Freddie Freeman's an MVP candidate. Matt Olson is not. But that doesn't take away from what Matt Olson has done for this team, and he's done exactly what you want him to do, and that's drive in runs and hit for power. Would I love him to poke the ball the other way a little bit more and, and get some singles, which is really the, the only difference between him and Freddie Freeman is Freddie will shorten up and take the ball the other way and take his singles. Matt doesn't really do that. Matt's looking to do damage. But, again, I think that's exactly what this Braves team needs from him, especially with where you have him hitting now, which is in that four spot, which is where I think he needs to be driving in runs again using that extra base power i think that's become a great spot for matt olson who hit second a lot early in the year and i understood that decision well because he has good at bats and he will take his walks but i think he becomes more beneficial to this braves lineup if you hit if you put him in that four spot where he can drive in those runs with all those extra base hits so big day for matt olson on wednesday and really just looking at the totality of his season with the braves He's really been great and delivered big. There's a big error for the Pirates in this inning that really kind of broke things open. In that third inning, first baseman uh, let a ball just kind of go through his legs there that scored a run, and it led to five unearned runs in that inning. That really kind of broke things open. Uh, Mitch Keller for the Pirates was actually throwing a pretty good game. Uh, William Contreras got him for a two-run homer in the second inning on a great swing on a slider down and away. But outside of that, I thought Keller was throwing the ball pretty well as kind of piling up some strikeouts for a guy who doesn't strike out a lot. But that error certainly broke things open. The Braves just continued to, to dunk balls in here and there and put up a big inning, and that really you know ended the game right there. And you could see the Pirates' frustration really after that as they just didn't want to be there. You could see it in their at-bats, their body language. Really was just kind of killer to anything the Pirates had going on Wednesday and credit to the Braves for just continually adding on when a team opens a door like that uh, they pounded through it and continued to add on runs Grossman Robbie Grossman had a big day he had a three hit day as well in 17 games since joining the Braves he's slashing 260 339 420 two doubles and two home runs and he came over to primarily play against lefties to platoon with Eddie Rosario but because Ozuna's been so bad and whatever's going on with him off the field and the fact that Grossman's held his own against righties. He's in the lineup every day now, and I think he gives a different element, different dimension to this lineup, the fact that he can work in a bat and take his walks. You know, he has a 340 on-base percentage, like I said, since joining the Braves. So really like what Robbie Grossman's been able to do. 
everyone had a hit in this game except Von Grissom, which is just funny to kind of even think about with how good the rookie has been. But he went 0 for 5 with two strikeouts. It's just the third time in 15 games this year that he didn't get a hit. It's only the second time that he struck out more than once in a game. And I certainly hope I did not jinx him talking about him being the NL rookie of the month on yesterday's podcast, but I think he'll be all right. I certainly think he'll bounce back, but I thought that was just interesting that with how great he's been lately and the big offensive day from the Braves on Wednesday, Von Grissom was the only one not to get a hit. And then lastly on the offense, I'm going to write a a deeper uh, article on Tomahawk takes. So be looking out for that, but I really want to dive into the aggressiveness of the Braves. And if it is truly that beneficial for them, we talked about the big five run inning they had on Tuesday, and they did all of that in 20 in a 20 pitch inning. You know, they're so aggressive early in counts. Is that really beneficial? Does that strategy really work for the Braves? Again, I'm going to dive deeper in that in an article form on tomahawktake.com, but I did want to throw a couple of numbers out there at you. The Braves have the eighth most at bats on the first pitch. That doesn't mean they don't swing at the first pitch the most. That just means they have the most results on first pitches of an at bat. So, and again, that's eighth most. That's much lower than I thought it would have been. And even with that, they have the fourth most hits in all of baseball on the first pitch. Again, with them having the eighth most at bats, you know, the more you do it, the more hits you're going to have. So, You can't really look into that too much. The second most home runs, again, the more you do it, the more you're going to have. But when you start looking at average numbers, they're third. They have the third best average on first pitches. They're first in slugging, and they're first in OPS. So just preliminary look at some of the numbers, I would say their first pitch swinging does have some benefits and has paid off for the Braves more often than not. But again, I want to dive deeper into that in an article format, so look for that on tomahawktake.com. Finally, from Wednesday, end with a little bit of bad news. Kirby Yates is not the answer right now. He continues to struggle. He blew the shutout in the ninth inning, giving up a couple of runs, including a home run. You know, Alex Anthopoulos said when he signed him, they were getting Kirby Yates for 2023, not necessarily 2022, but Certainly a lot of you, like myself, were hoping that Kirby Yates could come in, be a big part of this bullpen at the back end. That's just not the case right now. And it's really just command. He's leaving a lot of pitches up, that splitter staying up, that fastball, you know, which is 92 or 93, not locating it well. And when you're not doing that, you're obviously going to get hit pretty hard. And that's the case for Kirby Yates right now. So Again, I think we have to keep in mind this guy hasn't pitched in over two years, you know, trying to come back, find that location. I think that's good to keep in mind when we're talking about Mike Soroka as well, who hasn't pitched in two years. You know, that's why we really can't expect much from him right now. But as far as Kirby Yates go right now, you just can't trust him. I don't think he can really be a huge part of what you're doing in your bullpen this year from what we've seen from him. But overall, a good day on Wednesday. The Braves get a sweep get a big win. Kyle Wright was great. The offense was great and certainly love to see big stress-free wins like that. Next, want to turn our attention to 2023, even though there's still a lot to do in 2022, but with the schedule for next season release, we'll talk about the highlights from that next.
Starting in 2023, the Major League Baseball has announced that the schedule will be more balanced and every team will face every team trying to make things a little bit more even. I kind of like that idea, but with that, you're only going to play your division opponents 13 times instead of 19. So kind of limits your opportunity against division opponents. But still, I do like the idea of being able to see every team every year. You have an opportunity for you know the best players in the game to come to your home ballpark more often. You know, we bring up the Mike Trout example, you know, hasn't been here in forever. I don't even know if Mike Trout's ever been here. I know if it has, it's been a long time. We're hoping to see that this year, but he was injured. But now you'll get another chance in 2023. So I do like that part of this schedule change. But I do think ultimately you're going to have to change up divisions. I think ultimately we're just going to go to a completely fair and even schedule, making it evenly spread throughout all the teams and then just have two leagues and no divisions or something like that because that just seems to be the way that we're going if you really want to make things equal and fair for everybody i think that's where you ultimately have to go but i like the division rivalry i like the division opponent aspect of baseball but i think we're gonna get further and further away from that something that is pretty common that we're not going to get away from and that's the Braves starting on the road and again in 2023 they will start the year on the road they'll begin it against the nationals on march 31st and just frustrating it seems like the braves always start on the road the only reason they started at home this year is because the season got delayed and pushed back but i don't know what the braves got to do to get the schedule makers to give them a a home opener for the, for the season beginning but will not be the case in 2023 their home opener will instead be on Thursday, April the 6th against the Padres. And they played the Padres again the 17th through the 19th of April. So we'll avoid Tatis. But if you were looking forward to seeing him, you won't get to see him this year either as the Braves play the Padres twice in April and then are done with them for the rest of the season. The Astros come back to Atlanta April 21st through 23rd. So that'll be a fun matchup at home. The first Mets series will be on April 28th in New York. It's actually a four-game series that ends on Monday, which is a little unusual. Freddie Freeman and the Dodgers come to Atlanta May 22nd through 24th, so pretty early in the season again. The Mets' first trip to Atlanta isn't until June the 6th, so that's pretty odd again with less games against division opponents, but Mets don't come to Atlanta until June. The All-Star Games on July 11th, the Angels, like I mentioned earlier, come back to Atlanta July 31st through August 2nd. So hopefully you'll get a chance to see Mike Trout, maybe Otani again if he doesn't get traded this offseason. Yankees come to Atlanta August 14th through 16th. I'm sure that'll be a big series. The Braves are done with the Mets after August 23rd. So after August 23rd, no more games against the Mets, which is kind of, again, unusual. unusual. You think you'd finish the year against your division rivals, but not the case in 2023. The Braves have a do, do have a lot of games in September against the Phillies, who obviously could be another big division rival next year. Braves have a big West Coast trip at the end of August and into September as they play the Giants, Rockies, and then four games in L.A. against the Dodgers. So that'll be a tough little West Coast trip there towards the end of the season. But things get very easy in the last week 
of 2023 for the Braves if they play three at Washington and then get their last six games at home with three against the Cubs and three against the Nationals. Pro, A pretty soft schedule to end the year. But like I said, a lot left to be done in 2022. But if you're planning ahead for 2023, those are some of the best matchups the Braves have, at least in terms of home games, mostly that I was going over. But you can go check that out. we got an article up on that over at TomahawkTake.com as well. Uh, that will do it for this episode of Lockdown Braves. Thank you for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of the day. Now go make Lockdown MLB your second listen, where MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team, talking about the biggest stories from around the league. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. You can follow me at shortstopball. Also, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 